Hello and welcome to episode number 39 of the Waters Wavelength Podcast. My name is Dan Francesco, and I'm the Deputy Editor of Cellside Technology. As always, I'm joined, well first I'm joined by my co-host, Anthony Malakian, the U.S. Editor of Waters Technology. Good to be here. And we also have a third guest, uh, Amelia David, hi. our U.S. Staff Writer. Oh, sorry, I stepped on your interest there. Say hi again. Hi. So... We figured that this week would be best to, you know, because we, we released it kind of throughout the week last week, so it didn't time up perfect with last week's podcast. This week, we want to talk about our big blockchain uh, special report. All three of us did a different look at different perspectives of blockchain. Uh, before we get into that, though, first, we just have a bit of housekeeping news in terms of our awards that are coming up in December. Anthony, you have some news. Yeah, we have the American Financial Technology Awards uh, coming up. Uh, the deadline to submit so that our judging panel can give them a look over is Friday. Now, because we value you listeners, give you a little bit of inside information here, um, we'll extend the deadline uh, where you can work on through the weekend. Ooh, Waters Wavelength oh. Podcast exclusive. Exclusive, exclusive right here. You have to say Waters Wavelength Podcast in the submission. You have yeah. to put it on top. Like, yeah. a, like a, a co- you coupon Favorable code. treatment. Um, and so, but you get through the weekend, but you have to have it submitted by 9 a.m. Uh, London time, not New York time, 9 a.m. London time, uh, Monday, if you need the weekend, but, you know, just want to kind of, you know, just kind of go over it. Uh, but unfortunately, from everything I'm hearing uh, from the London folks, there won't be any uh, extension beyond that. So, um, you know, if uh, if you end up hit going past the deadline, then you'll have to give Victor Anderson a call and beg and plead with him. But I don't think you're going to find uh, much love there. And honestly, how much work are you really going to get done over the weekend? You know, I remember when I was a kid, I used to say, oh, I'm going to bring all my books home and I'm going to do some studying or get caught up on work in the weekend. And then all of a sudden it's Sunday at nine o'clock and you're like, oh, well, I'm going to bed. I did nothing. Exactly. So uh, on that news, let's switch now, like I said, to our blockchain special report. Uh, so this is, I'll have links to all three stories and also links to the PDF form of all three stories combined. But, um, you know, if you're a subscriber and you have the uh, get the actual print edition, definitely take a look in the magazine because it's a nice spread. There's lots of charts. Um, and a couple things. You can go online and download the PDF uh, of just the blockchain uh, special report that we did of the 12 pages. So you can go click on the links, get the online version of it. You can get all three packaged together, um, you know, however you kind of want it, whatever you as a reader is the best for you. We've tried to make it easier for you on that. And, I, and I'm using the phrase special report. I know that sometimes publications use special reports to talk about a paid uh, thing. This was not paid at all. This was all original reporting. There was no sponsorship, no paid for. Um, so we'll jump in right now with part one, which coincidentally was my part. Well, I, I before we get into part one, I would like to say, just to give a little bit of context. Here. Oh, yeah, we should. I should we'll give credit to where credit's due. This was... No, no, no. no. That, 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 don't care about the credit. The context of this is at every single event at, you know, press release upon press release is blockchain related. It is impossible to escape blockchain. 
Now, we've written at Waters, not like we just came across this thing called blockchain. Ooh, <laughs> what's this blockchain? It's crazy. Hey, this report. blockchain stuff. Let's get involved. We have been writing ad nauseum of this topic. We have uh, put together several different kinds of features on the topic, uh, several different uh, analysis pieces uh, throughout the year. Uh, if you click on the blockchain tab, Dan will uh, have a link to that. You can see the hundreds of stories, millions of stories. That we have created, um, you know, since this, you know, really started to gain traction. For the purpose of this, we already had, we already kind of discussed the basics of blockchain. Here's the promise. Here's everything. We wanted to look at kind of three areas that maybe weren't getting as much coverage in other news sites because it seems like other news sites, and even on our site, um, we're just sticking to, oh, here's the promise of it. Here's everything. You know, here's where we're working on. Here's, you know. It's going to it's going to change the industry. So we have those stories. There is that out there. No doubt. We want to look at three separate ways, three separate um, uh, instances that maybe aren't getting the attention. So looking at the um, digital currencies end of it, but kind of breaking a little bit away from the Bitcoin and how banks are uh, working together. Dan uh, put together that feature and he's going to get much more in depth on that. So that was part one. Part two, uh, Mia looked at more at the uh, money that's funneling in, um, that's funding these blockchain startups and consortiums that we're seeing. So I think that's something interesting to keep an eye on is where's the money heading because that's going to ultimately decide the winners and losers in this race. And then for me... I've just I, I just kind of I'm a cynical bastard. I'm a cynical bastard. I just I needed to write something just to kind of take a little bit of air out of out of the blockchain uh, tires a little bit because I, you know, I was just hearing too much positive, positive, positive. It's going to revolution. I, you know, people like literally this week, um, the Financial Times, you know, one of the great you know media outlets. So I'm not ripping on the Financial Times, but they had like a tweet I know saying, "Will blockchain replace banks?" And then their pull quote uh, that went along with the tweet was. You know, the same way the internet was 20 years ago and cloud computing was 10 years ago, blockchain is that today. Oddly enough, it was a blockchain vendor that was saying that. So, mine is a little bit of a negative thing, but we'll get into that a little bit later. So, let me kick things off here. So, my, the basis kind of, to Tony's point, giving kind of shining light on specific, I mean, that's, I think that's the other thing too, is so much there's kind of generalizations used when talking about blockchain, talking about specific use cases or specific projects that are and being And to that on. point, this, this special report put out, we're using the, the word blockchain interchangeably right now, but the special report gets into distributed ledger technologies with blockchain being a piece of that. Right, exactly. So for my story, I looked at, this is based off the, the news that Deutsche Bank, BNY Mellon, and Santander, uh, along with uh, ICAP, were joining UBS and Clearmatics to create this utility settlement coin that could be used to clear and settle financial trades. So based off that, I kind of reached out to banks, I reached out to analysts, I reached out to everyone to kind of here if they were working on similar projects and i got an in-depth look at the usc and how they were looking to use it and then i also spoke to the folks at city who are working on another type of digital currencies called citycoin uh so first the perspective from the usc like i said i spoke to folks at deutsche bank at bny mellon and at icap and kind of one of the biggest things for them was at least for deutsche bank was that the reason why they wanted to get involved was because they felt like this 
finally, this had some traction. This had some real use cases. There was some substance behind this. So many times we see with the, you know, the use cases or the experiments in these labs that it's kind of half-baked. And they felt this was really something that could really impact. Uh, the other thing, the biggest thing that all of them talked about was the fact that this is going to be backed by the central banks. So, Anthony, you alluded to it earlier. This isn't Bitcoin. I don't think I've seen any true big bank throw their weight or thrown, even shown any interest in Bitcoin. Yeah, maybe it's, they're looking to trade, all, you know, and those kind of aspects of it. But really, very much on the outskirts of the organization. Yeah. It's not something that's going to be a critical part. And one of the reasons of that is because they don't, they're not comfortable with it not being backed by a central bank. So the, with the USC, this would be something that's backed by a central bank. It would give some legitimacy to it, um, to to the asset, uh, and then kind of. You know, it's still very much early days, but uh, kind of breaking down the different ways that kind of each each different type of group. So Clearmatics is kind of the pure vendor. Then you have ICAP, which kind of has the industry take. And then you have the banks, which kind of have their perspective. So it's different individual groups that can do different things to kind of help the process go forward. So, um, you know, I have like a, a quick quote here. The banks are starting to think about some of the more technical issues around the coin. What are the regulatory implications? What are the capital implications? What's the right structuring? What's the right legal structure? What's the right accounting structure? There's a lot of nitty gritty to get into when it comes to actually designing a coin. That was um, Michael McFadden, who's at Euclid Opportunities, which is an arm of ICAP. Uh, and then kind of switching gears, uh, I'll talk a little bit. I spoke to the folks over at City about a project that they're working on. Um, and the City Coin was basically launched to kind of understand Bitcoin, what are its uses, and because the big end, what would happen if it's if a nation fully adopted a digital currency? And one of the big things that you know they talked about was it's really more of a purport preparatory, <laughs> preparing, preparatory, Pre proprietary. No, Propri not proprietary. No, preparing. They're, they're, I don't even. I think I just made that word. Preparatory. 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 Thank you. A preparatory move on their part to understand, well, if this is the way we're moving, how are we going to work with our customers? How are we going to work with our clients? Uh, the last thing I'll say, which I'm not sure if it was uh, if it was J JP Jolly over at City, or um, I think it might have actually been um, uh, Edward Budd over at Deutsche Bank, but uh, said that this is really more so, and I think, Anthony, we talked about this when you had edited the story. This isn't, it doesn't matter if the banks want to get involved. The customers have to get. This is more of a change of behavior. It's not just a change of technology. It's about every, getting everyone on board. And it's not just how many banks can we get diving into this. It's, it's getting the whole community in. So that's kind of a 30,000-foot view rundown of, of the story, I suppose you could say. How much of it is, from what you found from when you're talking with everybody, how much of it is, all right, we have to, I guess, what's the proper word is, how much of it is we have to prepare for this? So we're going to start experimenting with our own kind of, of coins and stuff like that. Because also there has to be, if you're developing this kind of stuff, then you have to build a security around it. At least with Bitcoin and stuff like that, there is a little bit of the community at large helping to build it, whereas that you'd be building it internally. Where are we, I guess, as far as mass adoption of them really kind of trying to push this um, en masse to their customer bases. I think that we're, it's not, it's not, um, if to use kind of a, uh, a pregnancy term, I guess you could say, we're not in the first trimester. I think we're, I think we're getting out of the first trimester. 
Okay, that, I thought you were gonna say that something before the first trimester. Now and be like, we're gonna have to have a birds and the bees no. conversation here. <laughs> no, <laughs> we're no, we're. Um, I'm not gonna. I'm, I could have made a lot of jokes there. I'm gonna stay away. This is a PG podcast. Uh, I think we're getting towards the end of the first trimester because you have the central banks, especially the Bank of England, putting out a lot of white, putting out a lot of papers or, or publicly stating that there's a lot of interest and involvement in digital currencies. They're not going to do that if there's not some real substance and some real backing behind this. But, you know, next year, are we going to see digital, digital adoption of a digital, uh, world, you know? widespread adoption of a digital currency? No, I think that it's still a ways away. But it's enough where banks are not only interested in it, they're interested in talking about it publicly. Did you get a general feel for whether or not there will be a singular winner of digital of a you know kind of banking digital currency? Or will each will each kind of bank kind of start developing their own and almost same way that you have different kind of currencies, you know, hard dollar currencies? Each bank has its own like if I want the USA, but I want like uh, con- convert it to like city coin, can that like? Right. Yeah. It's a, it's an interesting debate. I wrote an opinion piece, and I'll link to this as well. Kind of about will one chain rule them all? You know, will there be one that? And I think originally people kind of believed that they thought that that was kind of the way it was forward. But I think if there's interoperability between them then something can be can be worked out and that's the biggest thing kind of consider it like almost like an api mm-hmm. if that makes sense okay very good and any other kind of interesting takeaways that didn't make the story that you think might be interesting for uh the, the one thing i will point is i think uh definitely take a look at the uh you know i believe this it's definitely in the pdf the digital money index 2016 we can add that into the uh into the into the story if it's not already in there. Okay, yeah, but the uh, I think it's I think it's very interesting. It's what City and Imperial College of London's digital um, work on together every year, um, and it ranks how ready uh, countries are for uh, a digital a potentially a digital money, and they do a couple different things. And I think um, you know right off the bat, I mean the number one country that's ready is Finland, which <laughs> maybe that might surprise a lot of people. Um, and then after that, Singapore, then the U.S the UK and then Hong Kong Thailand um, coming in a very disappointing 40th <laughs> yeah and and it actually goes in even deeper than that their list isn't even in it. <laughs> their list is actually uh, even more expansive I think it gets 60 maybe even 100 I'm not quite sure off the top of my head but uh it's interesting to take a look and it, it also ranks a couple different things government market support technology and financial infrastructure digital money solutions propensity to adopt so so it's it's very interesting and I think uh, it might surprise a lot of people to see where certain countries line up and kind of how far ahead certain countries are above the other um, but backing this all is the money of course and that's where you come in Mia so talk to us a little bit about your feature yeah so I looked into who exactly is investing in blockchain because we hear a lot about um, like when ripple just got that um, fundraising so it was like who is exactly putting money into it um, why are they putting money into it? And it seems like there's a lot of money going around into blockchain, but really is that going to happen um, uh, forever? Or is it going to be exactly what happened with the internet where it just all fizzled out and it's just the big companies that are um, investing in? And what I found and was that it's not like it's regular technology where it's venture capitals that's are that's really pushing the investment it's more banks because they are going to be the ones who are using it 
So they're putting in more money than venture capitals. And venture capitals are more cautious. They want to see who's going to win first. Not necessarily win, but who's who, which companies are going to basically survive, which technologies, which solutions are more than just talk. And uh, so they're slowly but surely starting to really pick up the pace in, in investing. And yeah, but basically it's just banks really want to get into into the people kept calling it the railroad that they're going to be running into so if they have an investment in the railroad mm -hmm. they don't need to buy trains what is most important you know as you were talking to some of these companies that are making investments what is most important when they're considering you know funding you know whether it's series a b c kind of funding initial startup funding um, what are kind of some of the important considerations that they seem to be taking into account? They really wanted first that the technology actually solves something. It's not just like a, say, a technology that is exactly what Ethereum does as well, or one of the other blockchain firms. It's if it's trying to solve something different. So if it's OTC, if it's another kind, if it's FX, if it's something that's unique and there's not going to be a lot of competition around it, that's what a lot of the investors are looking at. Did you, did you notice, so I'm looking here and you have a great <laughs> chart that source waters that we created. I, I created, I sweat of blood, sweat tears. I love it. But you got to searching the internet. Searching the internet is so, so hard. So many blood, sweat, and tears. I'm sure the coal miners are really, really Naturally, the colors <laughs> were the hardest things to do. So so the it's a snapshot of investments in blockchain firms. And you have Symbiont, Chain, Ripple, Block, Digital Assets, Settle, Blockchain, Hedgy, and Trade Block. Um, so a widespread. Was there any, you know, the biggest one being Ripple followed by Digital Asset, uh, then Chain, and Settle. Um, was there any similarities maybe, or was there no kind of underlying theme in terms of the firms that have so far gotten the biggest group of investment? Uh, first, I want to preface that this is only, the chart is only what is publicly available. So if- Yeah, because there's like hundreds of firms that are technically yeah. blockchain, DLT, uh, current di uh, digital currency related, but they don't have public- uh, Exactly. Uh, announcements of their funding yeah um and a lot of the the funding are always private but what i noticed so is it a, a lot of the the bigger investments like say ripple and settle these are companies that i don't want to say established because there really is no established firms really but they've been around the longest they've positioned themselves as able as able to provide the service that they have right now so there is a use case there and people have seen it they and investors feel comfortable that our money is going somewhere so let's give it to the to this company and then i guess going forward maybe what are some of the things that you think that you know as people are kind of following the money going forward what are maybe some things that you think might be interesting to keep an eye out to see who are going to be the winners and losers of this uh, really, when I was talking to a lot of the, the the people I talked to for the article, all of them were were saying that if there is an actual service that they're talking about, that's who's going to get the money. So just just keep an eye out on 
on services being rolled out and I know there are some companies out there that are saying that we're going to be moving beyond the pilot test or moving beyond the proof of concept and we have something that is that can be done on a bigger test with a lot of, of banks, not just like one or two. So those are probably where company where investors are going to be really interested in. Okay. Very good. And I guess that I'll jump in and uh, take over here. Here, let's switch microphones. We're kind of handing back microphones here. So one thing, we have two microphones, not three. So, you know, it gets a little bit awkward, but we pulled off like champions. Sure. Yeah, we're exactly, we're professionals. <laughs> <laughs> um, so for my feature, part three, as I said before, it's more or less, you know, contrarian view of where DLT is going. Um, you know, some people said, oh, my God, you, you, Tony, you, you know, you got to be kidding me that you don't think this is a big technology. No, I think it's, it's a very good. It's an impressive technology. Um, it's going to play an important role, uh, no doubt, uh, going forward in the capital markets and in definitely in finance in general. But the way that we're talking about this, the way that, you know, comparing it to the birth of the Internet, to cloud computing, you know, to me, I can't help but think it's, you know, it, it's nothing more than it's as revolutionary maybe as, you know, an order management system and ex ex execution management system. Things are very, very important. But to me, what's more important, you know, your back office settlement system, you know, or and kind of easy nose processes and saving the bank money, yes, or the making the money, the alpha generating, the ability to collect data, store that data, dig through that data uh, to, to extract valuable um, insights, really analyze and drill down into that data. The machine learning aspects of AI are going to completely change the way that trading is done on the capital markets. I'm more concerned about the alpha generation as opposed to the back office settlement system, stuff like that. And the other thing I can't help but notice is it's tough to get people to talk to you about the specific projects they're working on with, you know, those very alpha generating, important, impressive trading algorithms, stuff like that. Very hard for somebody to really dig in and, and provide information to that. It seems like everybody wants to talk to you about their blockchain project. So for this, um, I, you know, I, I spoke with a bunch of people off the record or on background, uh, not for attribution, because a first of them, a lot of them were at uh, banks that are actively investing and looking at blockchain. So go against uh, what their company's doing. Um, and then other people, in case this is wrong, in case this really d does turn into just this incredible revolutionary technology, everybody goes, my God, how did we have finance before blockchain? Well, that'll just be my stupid name on the uh, on the paper. Got to protect yourself. Got to protect yourself. <laughs> exactly. Um, so I guess that you know when we were going about it, you know, a, a bunch of different areas where uh, we had to look at, you know, kind of popped up. But you have the buy side. First of all, doesn't care about this. I mean, they are they're interested in it only. You know, it, buy side technologies are interested only as in it's an interesting technology. Uh, there is no IT budget from all these buy side firms I've been talking to. Now, mind you, I've been working on this piece since. I want to say April, maybe something somewhere around there that I'd been just going around, just asking people, just talking to them, you know, 
no one's investing on the buy side, you know, for the most part. There, there are very, very few firms, but maybe 1% of the buy side is actively investing in distributed ledger technologies um, or actively uh, taking their budget and uh, IT uh, staff time to examine this. So that's one aspect of it. And the buy side saying, well, we need the sell side. You know, sell side's really got to get serious about this. Sell side, they, they're interested in this. But how much money are they actually spending or how much are they actually just, you know, kind of like at a roulette table, you know, you're kind of putting your chips around trying to spread out your kind of investment to find out who the winner is going to be and stuff like that. But if the company fails, eh, R3 goes under, eh, that's a bummer. You know, it, it just wasn't meant to be or they got bought up. Maybe we get a payout on uh, the buyout. So there's that end of it. The buy side and the sell side aren't coming together on this. You know, they're, they're coming out from two separate sets. So until that happens, well, then we don't really have, you're nowhere then until, then it's not an industry standard, it's not an industry, uh, it's, it's, it's going to take more time. Secondly, inappropriate markets that we're looking at, you know, there are certainly areas where this could be um, good um, to help improve uh, markets that are kind of already stagnant or dead. The gold market, um, what else was uh, said? Good good job, Tony. What to be prepared? I can't remember the other one. Um, Call my repair well, moment. Let me ask you a question. Yeah. If, sorry if I'm interrupting you. Let me ask you a question, though. You said you spoke to, you said you did speak to a lot of people for this story. Yeah, you accused me of something <laughs> like that. Uh, you claim. What, of all the responses you got, from your inquiries about the pop, the the hype around blockchain, does any and obviously you can't talk about a specific person. What the, you can't talk mention the specific person, but was there anything specifically that was said to you that really stands out in the front of your brain? Like, wow, I didn't expect to hear that. I think the security end of it. There are a lot of people now. Now this end of it, and I talked about it a little bit in the story, but the security end of it, we've seen some hacks. We've seen some. This is still a technology that if we're going to create an industry standard and these there's this permanency supposedly to blockchain you know the security issues are a lot of people are very concerned about because they don't there, there hasn't been enough of the security community that has given focus to this right now we're creating a solution but are we really building the security standards around that it's a you know it's encryption is incredible right now what happens once we start it's the capacity too. the capacity issues for this are massive you know dlt right now with the bitcoin stuff like that they're not dealing with the massive amounts of data that's going to be flowing into these systems if it does become this um capital markets you know industry standard solution um it's funny the capacity of to mine Bitcoin is very environmentally unfriendly, actually, uh, because you have all these hundreds and hundreds of uh, computers running processing information constantly. So very, very bad for the environment, too. You know, as we keep on getting more green, you know. <laughs> um, so I think that that's it. The security, everybody believes, oh, the security is the best part of it. And the encryption of it is impressive. But that doesn't mean it's going to be uh, live up to the security standards that are necessary when you're handling um client information uh and that's something that the regulators are certainly looking at which we talk about in here uh, Patel, uh pedal walker uh from the cftc uh goes in depth about that 
on the little sidebar that we have for the story. Seems like that's always the case, right? I mean, I know I've written a story about IoT before, how one of the uh, former, I think, national head of national security, it was when I was down at CIFM Ops, talked about how IoT devices scared him because it was kind of cybersecurity was the last thing that was put in and the last thing. So it seems like it's push the technology, push the technology, and then at the last second, oh, right, that's right, we do need to add in that cybersecurity element. We need to, do need to make sure it's secure. So, sorry, were you going to say something? Yeah, well, I, I, and that's IoT is a great example of that. It, IoT is actually really revolutionary and truly impressive and scary as hell. Right. And the security around that, the fact that anybody can basically bug your house using your, you know, if it has any sort of microphone connected to it. So once your refrigerator has a microphone effect, uh, connected to it, well, guess what? Your refrigerator fits in your boardroom. Somebody can hack into it and listen to the private conversation they're having in your boardroom. That's the scary part of where IoT could end up heading. Well, what it was the the target was hacked through yeah. its air conditioning system, right? Yeah, it's it's HVAC, HVAC system. Yeah. So I mean, there you go. Um, let me ask you this, and this goes to to both of you. And I don't know if I necessarily have an answer for this, so you might not either. But what is it? You know, you you talk about at the top, Anthony, about this isn't this is a back office technology. This isn't a a necessarily an alpha generating exciting thing like AI or machine learning. Yet I see more written about this than anything else in all the publications. What is it that people are so interested in? When at the end of the day, I hate to say this, but it really is just because there isn't any alpha generation. It's cost cutting and banks and, and just are just plenty happy to talk about this because they want an industry standard to be developed through this. It's going to help them save money on it. I, I honestly think it's really because the financial industry just wants something that's directly for them, not something they adapt for the industry. It's, yeah, so it's... Uh, so this can be their thing. Yeah, people, like, people, people say it's a disruptor. I don't necessarily think that's the, the, the kind of the right word, but, or maybe it is, who knows, but they don't have anything like that they don't have an internet for them and this is their thing that's yeah, why that's, that's they just talk about it that's a good point i haven't you know kind of thought about that way but and maybe that's the other thing of it, it you know like i said it becomes kind of their internet this is our way of you know this will cut our costs and then we'll allow folks more on revenue generating areas with that said you're much more willing to talk about something like this because you want to get people on board. You want to get the support. They're, they want the regulars to start looking at this because they want the regulars to start pushing for a centralized uh, winner of this that that will help um, create efficiencies across the board. But it's it's still it's something that's much more easier to talk about than you know the advanced algorithms that you're creating or the machine learning that you're incorporating into uh, your systems and the other thing is and i, I mentioned this in an in a, an opinion piece opinion piece or maybe it's an analysis piece because you know it was an analysis piece i wrote but if this plays out the way it's supposed to this will cut a massive amount of jobs from yeah. lots of firms yeah um i was i was talking to somebody just randomly it wasn't even for a story um and she said that it's the difficult thing about really being excited about blockchain is knowing that people are probably going to lose their job on like the back end, the recon uh, reconciliation side, because that's what blockchain is supposed to do. Cut down on the manual right. stuff. 
I mean. Yeah. And I, oh, sorry, you're gonna say anything. Well, the other thing I would say too is this is just my opinion. So I didn't include this in the story in the contradictory. But my opinion, after you know going out for drinks and just talking with numerous amounts of traders, both from the buy side and the sell side, is the transparency of this is problematic. The right now, there's still a huge interpersonal relationship that you build on the broker side um, with your buy side clients. Mm -hmm. You want to have a little bit of discrepancy. You want there to be a little bit. Listen, I'm going to help you out on this one here. I'm I'm doing you a huge favor here, buddy. But next time, you know, I'm gonna come to you. You send right. your flow through the human. There's touch. a little. There's a little bit of that. You know, where you want there to be a relationship built and given. This just that takes away from that and there's going to be pushback from that. And then you obviously wrote the piece about, you know, buzz block is blockchain almost like a people problem thing. Yeah. I mean, the perspective of at the end of the day, these corner office C level type folks love it because they have budgets that they have to hit. They have to cut costs, but the workers in between the guys that are the guys and girls that are essentially in charge of building this stuff, they're digging their own graves. They're the turkeys setting up Christmas dinner. You know, they are going to be out of a job, out of work when this whole thing gets gets put up on board. So um, turkey setting up Christmas dinner, good stuff. <laughs> uh, I think we can. I think we can leave it at that. Uh, now, you know, we do this whole report. Uh, we're still definitely going to talk about blockchain in the context of news stories, but you know, we kind of view this as this is going to. You know, we're not going to keep doing analysis. The whole point of this was to kind of do a deep dive across the board and then let things sit, analyze the news pieces coming in, and then kind of go from there. Is that obviously we're going to have to keep on writing about it? There's, we report the news. Yeah, there's too much news. Yeah, you know, there will be changes. There will be advancements, and we're going to cover those things. But hopefully, as a media out entity, we've given you enough ammunition, enough you know understanding as to where this. Um, where this technology is going and uh but if obviously if you have anything that you think we missed uh please let us know uh, we'd be interested to hear from you if there's anything you th you, that you still think is out there that hasn't been properly addressed when it comes to uh, dlt or digital currencies i just want to say something that um i was out to dinner last night and he he asked me he's like what do you do again for work and I said financial technology, and he said, "Oh, like blockchain," and it kind of like blew my mind. How do you know this? Yep, it's everywhere. It's everywhere. Uh, I guess we'll wrap up things briefly. Unfortunately, talking about the second presidential debate, um, I think the three of us in this room had the same reaction as a lot of the internet. Just kind of, what a mess! What a joke! The first thirty minutes, not talking about policies, just pointing fingers and kind of yelling at each other. Um, Frustrating is one word to say it. Asinine is another word you could use to describe it. Uh, I mean, that's a pretty harsh take on my end, I guess. I don't want to speak for there's, the two of you. There's nothing positive to really say. You know, listen, the, the election's over. is over going into that for, you know, obvious reasons and tapes that were uh, released uh, with old uh, Billy Bush uh, beforehand. Um, but, uh, you know, it, it's just I'll be happy when this election's over. Um not necessarily going to be happy with the, you know, I, I, I've been saying this all along. Trump never had a chance going into this, in my opinion. I've been saying this for a long time. And now he's definitely doesn't have a chance um, coming out of this. Uh, I, we'll see if I eat crow on that one. If I'm as wrong as that as I am about blockchain technology. <laughs> yeah, I, I just, you know, it's, 
I, I just keep harking back to the fact is this this is really the two best people we can put up as a nation to uh, to to run the country. Um, and I really find it hard to believe on both sides that there weren't better people, better people better equipped to run the country than uh, Hillary Clinton and, and Donald Trump. But I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Amelia, what's, what's your perspective? I just want to say that um, coming from a country that voted in somebody who was, I'm from the Philippines. I voted in the last election. I did not vote the cur- for the current president. So coming from a country where somebody like Trump kind of happened, all you have to do is look at what happened i don't think though that trump will ever be cursing the pope or or executing people left and right or saying what it says something about hitler right didn't he say was that uh the oh that was because it's like um no that was him (laughs) he was like uh why are people bothered about the the drug killings because hitler killed like uh, killed million or so people Eh, not so bad. Yeah. Not so bad. Not uh, so bad. But you know, it's I mean, so bad though, not so bad. Although whatever happens, just <laughs> I don't know. Don't kick me out of the country, guys. <laughs> well, I think that, uh, and then look forward to the stories and us reaching out to our contacts. You know, once Clinton is elected, what will this mean for Dodd Frank and regulation? <laughs> <laughs> so we have that's that to look big, forward to. That's the next big report. Yeah. Um, but I guess that's it from us. So thanks so much for uh, for tuning in, and be sure to tune in next week. Thank you.